You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. Your trusty, trusty if not talented host of the program, which as always is brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, the Chocolate Cocoa Balls that we have talked about here in recent weeks are all the rage right now. You may have recalled the discussion about the TikTok video that now sits at about six and a half million views. Wow. Chocolate lady. That chocolate cocoa ball, they are making them by hand as quickly as they possibly can there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. You can get yours by either swinging by the store or give them a call. It's probably going to take a bit, you know. They're kind of like uh, Santa's elves over there right now, trying to get those chocolate cocoa balls out. 205-752-0211. They're going to take care of all your holiday needs, as a matter of fact, there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by producer Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60-minute Woo! of Sports Talk Radio. How about it, Jacob? You ready for some more football, albeit a little light on the SEC end of things? Yeah, might might actually have to wait till Sunday for for any real competitive <laughs> football. I said I wanted to see Ohio State and Maryland, and no sooner than an hour later, that game was canceled too. You know, Jacob, I'm not a big jinx guy. I'm not a big superstition guy. I've outlined that on the program in the past. But you maybe did kinda right put the kibosh on Talia and Justin Fields because I was with you. I mean, I was going to kind of help the fix where college football is concerned. For the upcoming weekend, but alas, we will have no Terrapins and we will have no Buckeyes there in the Big Ten. But we would love to have you here on the program at 205-342-9904. That's the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board, you're more than welcome to do so. We still have plenty going on. It helps, you know. It helps when you're a big golf fan like myself. I mean, the Masters with Alabama LSU being postponed with... Texas A&M, Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, you know, these games that we have lost, Missouri and Georgia, we still have a smattering, I love that word, a smattering of SEC action, very limited. You're still going to have South Carolina, Ole Miss, I guess. You're still going to have Arkansas and Florida, 
But it couldn't be perfect timing, more perfect timing than for a tradition unlike any other, the Masters. Four, please. Four on the tee, please. And we did have a delay this morning over in Augusta, Georgia, that day. But they are off and running. And with soft conditions in play, uh, you're really seeing some guys take advantage of Augusta National Golf Club early on. Now, if you're wondering what this means, this delay means for Justin Thomas, well, Justin was set to go off sometime mid-10 o'clock hour-ish. That was his original tee time for today's opening round. Uh, now, with the delay, he will go off at 159 Central. And it looks like we're going to have good weather the rest of the weekend. So if you had to choose, you'd rather go ahead and get it out of the way. Now, they're going to be pushed a little bit. They don't have the, uh, they don't have the daylight hours to work with. Um, and even when they play in April, you know, it, it, that, that can be an issue. But more so in mid-November. So they're going to be rushing when you consider that's 259 Eastern that Justin's going to be going off. Uh, you're going to have to play some speed golf. I would say there is a very good likelihood that Justin Thomas on the back end of today's waves of golfers is going to have to maybe finish his first round on Friday morning. 205-342-9904. But again, you got some rabbits out and about on that leaderboard. It's kind of settling in a little bit now, but uh, you had a gaggle of golfers at three under par there. But right now, it's Xander Shoffley, one of the pre-tournament favorites. He is three under through three. Get off to a start, why don't you, Xander? We talked about it yesterday. Xander's played pretty well in his last trip to Georgia. The Tour Championship, in which he uh, posted the lowest score of the event. Now, because of how it was set up, uh, I guess DJ was the tour champion, but Xander Shoffley with the low four rounds there at East Lake Golf Club. So he's feeling pretty good about Georgia golf right now, and he's off to a flying start. You know, I gave some grief to some of the past champions yesterday, and specifically I mentioned Larry Mize. You know, these past champions that have these lifetime exemptions, are I think they've capped it finally maybe at a certain age. But Larry Mize is a past champion – He's two under through six. My bad, Larry. You do you, boo. Get it done. Two under through six. Now, you know, we'll see if Larry can hang in there, but uh, past champion Larry Mize off to a nice start as well. We still are going to get into a lot of football talk on the program today. We're going to check in with the professorial one, Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer, for us there at 247sports.com. You know what we need, Jacob? I need it. I need a college football weekend pep talk man with the sec basically getting uh in large part another weekend off i need a pep talk for the rest of college football and i'm like everybody else look i'll take what i can get i'll take them action the last couple of nights how about the finish to that western michigan toledo game last night where toledo defensively doesn't bother to cover a wide receiver in like the last 20 seconds of the game in the red zone and the quarterback for Western Michigan, he fakes the spike. He didn't even need to fake it. Nobody covered the wide receiver. Uh, pretty thrilling finish there in the MAC last night. But uh, we'll continue to wrap ramp up throughout the weekend. We also today it is a Thursday. We like to do this on Thursday. Rusty likes to get his home dogs out there that could have the uh, the sharpest teeth 
for the college football weekend. Yes, we hear you, Rusty. We're going to get to him. We're going to get to him. Rusty isn't really looking much at the Southeastern Conference because there's not much to look at this weekend. So, Rusty, you know, this is, again, where we need to be thankful that the Pac-12, right, and the Big Ten did decide to at least play some football. Think about this weekend if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten weren't playing. You know, and again, even the Big Ten continues to be impacted. The Pac-12 has uncertainty as well, where the coronavirus is concerned. But uh, filling in some gaps for us, filling in some gaps for Rusty as well this weekend. Uh, Rusty, by the way, he likes Washington State at home at the Palouse, getting 10. Yeah, Rusty likes. You know what Rusty likes about Wazoo? Rusty, like the Ryers, He's a big University of Hawaii fan. And so Nick Rolovich, previously of the University of Hawaii, is in his first year as the head coach, as the successor to Mike Leach up there in Pullman. So a little bit of love. I think there's some sentimental value. You've got to be careful when you start betting based on sentimentalism. You know, Rusty might be doing that a little bit here. Wazoo did get a nice win, though, last week, Rusty. You were, you were right on with uh, – Wazoo on the road at Oregon State in Corvallis last weekend, but a home game against Oregon on Saturday, and he likes the Cougs, getting 10 against the Ducks. He also sticking with the Pac-12. We'll get to these other two uh, later in the program. Rusty also likes the Bruins coming home after a tough road loss there at Colorado. He likes the Bruins at home, getting three and a half. Utah, the Utes, set to open their 2020 season. Ute's going to go with Jake Bentley at quarterback? He's on that depth chart. It's kind of an or situation there at Utah at the quarterback position. Jake Bentley, the South Carolina transfer, perhaps, going to see the field on Saturday there in Pasadena with UCLA again, getting three and a half at home. So there's a couple of Pac-12 games that Rusty likes for the upcoming weekend. Hey, um, you know, from the Alabama perspective, I was thinking about this too. As far as the pros and cons of what Alabama's going through this week with the unanticipated extra buy here, LSU not going to play, man, and so much of this stuff, when you start thinking about what goes into whether or not a team can hit the protocols, like 53 scholarship players in total, seven scholarship offensive linemen, four scholarship defensive linemen, at least one scholarship quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. It can get pretty subjective pretty quick for a couple of reasons. And it's not just all COVID-related. It's certainly, in large part, COVID-related, and mostly because of contact tracing. You know, if it was as simple as, look, we got three guys that are positive, we're going to isolate them, and we've tested everybody else, and they're negative, and so we're good to go. No, 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 no. As we've been talking about since the preseason with contact tracing, If you've got three guys testing positive, when you start doing the contact tracing and as subjective as that can be, you you could be looking at impacting upwards of 18, 20 players. And so it does, in some ways, speak to maybe the willingness of some teams to play as you get to certain points in the season. I guess you could at least bring it into question. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody with any type of definite assertion here. I'm just saying it's very subjective. 
especially when you get into contact tracing and you start trying to determine who qualifies or doesn't as a close contact. And then there's also the injury aspect of this. Let's say after you do the COVID stuff and you do the contact tracing that's a part of that, and you're maybe down to 57 available scholarship players, but you've got another five or six that while they may not be outright injured and incapable of playing, you're going to try to roll them out there at far less than 100% from a health perspective. What's your motivation to do that? There wouldn't be much for me, especially in a league like the Southeastern Conference. And I know Alabama is pretty much 85 guys. And I'm sitting here with 57 that are qualified from COVID perspective. But then of that 57, I got seven, eight, nine that are under 80% healthy. So you rule some guys out and you get under that 53. I think, I think it's pop. some of these guys are making look at Najee Harris I mean Najee Harris loses a game like LSU with this LSU defense he lit up LSU last year you know when they had all the draft picks on that side of the ball what do you think Najee Harris was capable of doing this week against this LSU defense but Najee Harris is very much in the mix to set Alabama's all-time career rushing uh, mark He's, he was in position anyway. He was tracking to surpass Derrick Henry, who had nearly 3,600 yards in his time at the capstone. You know, so you lose opportunities for guys like Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. Similar situation when you talk about maybe career receiving yards. He's, he's not going to get there, I don't think, in terms of receptions. He's already there uh, in terms of tying for the touchdown reception number with Amari Cooper, and not just on the team level, the program level, when it comes to touchdown receptions, he's tied with Cooper and Chris Doring, formerly of Florida, for the SEC all-time lead. So he's going to get another one. He's going to get there. But you've got some guys that are chasing some numbers. Look at Mac Jones. If you just want to talk about average numbers per game, you know, Mac right now, if you put him in a 12-game regular season with the possibility of an SEC championship game and a couple more games maybe in the college football playoff, he could be on his way to doing what seven, eight months ago we were talking about as being, well, this one might be untouchable. These numbers might be untouchable, or at least last year's, uh, 2018 when you talk about 2-2, two 2019 as well. You look at every area just about, with Mac Jones right now per game and where he's at through six games compared to Tua who played six SEC games a year ago, Mac's ahead. He's ahead except for touchdown passes. Tua threw 21 touchdown passes in six SEC games last year. Max at 16. Otherwise QB rating, passer rating, uh, yards per game. It's Mac. So you got some guys that are, Look, secondarily, I understand that, but pretty big deal to be the all-time leading rusher at the University of Alabama, isn't it? I mean, that's that's about as good as it gets when you talk about Derrick Henry, Sean Alexander, Mark Ingram. I mean, you're putting yourself ahead of a couple of 
former Heisman Trophy winners and also a former NFL MVP. That's that's not bad company. And Najee's still going to end up, regardless, in a very nice place on that list. But it is a shame that with the potential for lost games now, a guy like Najee Harris, who may or may not have considered with some level of uh, seriousness the potential to ultimately ascend to the top of that kind of list before he came back, uh, you'd like to see him get that chance. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line. Man, really bad news this morning, too, right out the gate, by the way. And it's not a, by the way, the issue. It's it's uh, it's right there at the top of the list on a day like today. Kentucky offensive line coach John Schlarman has passed away at the age of 45. Coach Schlarman, two-year battle with cancer. Does cancer suck or what? Coach Schlarman uh, battled uh, valiantly, well-documented, and we certainly send our thoughts out. Love and light to the Schlarman family, the University of Kentucky, and the football program. Just a, a sad, sad story there for a Kentucky team that is expected, I guess, to play this weekend. Um, and then Kentucky, obviously, expected to be here. Uh, in Tuscaloosa uh, a week from Saturday. So just uh, hate to see that with the Kentucky program and the Schlarman family. We're going to head to a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer, for 247sports.com when SFS returns right after this. Humidity values noticeably lower today, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 76. Clear and cool tonight below 49. Tomorrow and Saturday, we stay dry with a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs ranging from 72 to 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The Mast is tuna men. The 2020 version underway over in Augusta, Georgia. You have a three-way tie right now atop the leaderboard. Lee Westwood, the Englishman. Lee going to get off the major slide? Snide at this advanced age? Maybe. Xander Shoffley, also at three under. And a guy that I'm thinking our guest, Chris Hummer, is pretty familiar with, given his ties at the collegiate level, Scotty Scheffler, three under par. What about it, Chris Hummer? What do you think so far? I know you're like me. You're, you're excited about the Masters getting underway. 
I mean, I've had the uh, featured groups on all morning. I was a little disappointed waking up around like 7.15 with the rain delay, but it's been it's been nice having Tiger on my TV, watching Bryson kind of hack it out of the bushes was entertaining, and uh, it's been a good day so far. And uh, yeah, oh. for guy, Scotty. You're written for my guy, Scotty. Yeah, your guy, Scotty, from the University of Texas there. Really good young player. Absolutely. Scotty Scheffler might end up being something similar to the next Jordan Spieth. Is that, you think I'm, I'm getting too far out there with that? I mean, cause I mean, Justin for, I mean, uh, Spieth for all of his struggles of late, I mean, the major championships he's already put up there. What about Scotty Scheffler? I mean, they were both the number one amateur in the world. I know I might be getting too much into the weeds on this, but Scotty was a really decorated amateur player himself. And mm-hmm. I, I think you could argue his game is more consistent than Jordan. Uh, at this point in his career, Jordan just hasn't struck the ball. This is probably too deep in the woods. Jordan hasn't struck the ball well the last two years or consistently. No. And Scotty, Scotty's just a really solid all-around player. So he's going to have a shot on any course, in my opinion. But I don't think he's the favorite this week by any by any stretch. Tiger, Tiger, even par through three. And the narrative this week is more about making the cut. It seems like with Tiger, which. Sounds ridiculous because of all the success that the guy has had, including being the defending champion uh, at Augusta National Golf Club. And so uh, we'll keep you abreast of all that. But we are going to talk some college football. I said it earlier in the show. You know, we kind of need a college football pep talk around here, uh, Chris, after the events of the last couple of days. With everything we've lost here in the Southeastern Conference, give us some reasons to be excited about college football this weekend. <laughs> Well, uh, college game days are the Masters, so if you if you like if you like your golf and football crossover, you've got that. Uh, I would say we're playing uh, November twelfth or whatever day. Saturday is going to be the fifteenth, and I think if you would ask a lot of people in college football in July if we were going to even have be able to have a season, uh, they would have said no or thought you were crazy for thinking the season would go on this long. So for the SEC to have gotten, I think, like 90% of its games in so far is a pretty big achievement. Um, the season's not going to stop uh, no matter what happens. Like, they're going to finish. We're far enough along here to make it work. I think just some adjustments and some reality checks need to kind of be considered. And, like, if you're a football fan, there's still some pretty good games. Um, I'm sure people in the Southeast don't like Jim Harbaugh. There's a possibility he'll be one in three. On Saturday night, after playing uh, Wisconsin, uh, North, uh, I'm sorry, Penn State and Nebraska are going to play in a pretty entertaining misery bowl. Uh, both teams are yet to win a game, and uh, if you're feeling if you're feeling crazy, you could watch a little Pac-12 football. Oregon, Washington State could be a lot of fun. Um, you could watch Tyler Shuck, the kind of Ducks' new QB, Joe Moorhead, former former SEC head coach out there as Oregon's offensive coordinator. So there's there's lots to get excited about. Did I, did yeah, I sell that well enough, Travis? Yeah, I guess. I don't know if the pulse quit <laughs> at all with all that. But we do appreciate the effort, Chris. I mean, we do do note that. Uh, our, our show I, I do what I can. It's a, terrible, it's a terrible slate of football. There's yeah. no question about that this week. I mean, I'm not going to put it up there with Newt Rockney, you know, or the Gipper or anything like that. But, you know, <laughs> we do appreciate the effort. Um you know, our show mascot, Rusty, he does like Washington State getting the 10 there with Nick Rolovich. Uh, he's a big Nick Rolovich fan from his days at Hawaii. 
And so, uh, yeah, there's Rusty. He thinks that uh, those 10 points look pretty good. He's, he's already sold on Nick Rolovich after that win over Oregon State last week. You know, I, I really like Nick Rolovich. He's a heck of a coach. He's won everywhere he's been. And they have a true freshman quarterback, Jaden DeLara, one of a few true freshmen nationally actually playing at quarterback. He was a four-star. Uh, he would have been Mike Leach's highest ever ranked recruit as a quarterback, at least during his tenure at Washington State. And, like, Mike Leach left the bones of a pretty good program. And I, I like the 10 as well. I picked Washington State to cover. I think Oregon has some significant questions to still answer on the defensive side of the ball after losing almost its entire secondary to opt out. So it'll be, I think that could be a really compelling game for sure. It's not, it's not quite the same as Alabama LSU, but uh, it could be fun. Could be some comparisons, inevitable comparisons coming with Delara and Tua. They went to the same high school, I think out there in Honolulu. uh, And Marcus Mariota. Yeah. All the same school. And it uh, worked out pretty good for Rolovich. He left Honolulu to go to Washington State, and he ends up with uh, Delora uh, there in, in Pullman as his, as his quarterback. Um, let me ask you this, because we, we pretty much had six games in the Southeastern Conference. And I think most people, if you say, who are the top two quarterbacks in the league right now, they're going to give you Mac Jones, Kyle Trask in some order right now. Who would be your number three? in the SEC if you had to pick one at the quarterback position, Chris? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think the dead I, air says it all because, look, I was giving thought to it, and that you basically captured what was in my mind when I asked myself the question, who's the number three? I mean, you look around I the league, it, I guess Kellen Mond has to be, doesn't he? Yeah, I was, that was about the route I was going to go. If you look at Kellen's numbers, He's doing a career best in pretty much every category, completing around 65% of his passes. Um, since the Alabama game, I was actually, before A&M kind of got derailed for the next two weeks, potentially, I was writing about the Aggies. And he's been completing 68% of his passes since the Alabama game. And he actually, like if you all remember, he moved the ball pretty well against Alabama. They just had trouble scoring in the red zone. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't bad against Alabama. You know? Yeah, so... I guess if you go with Kellen Mond versus maybe Matt Corral, who is liable to have six turnovers in a game potentially, like I lean towards the senior. Uh, Felipe Franks is playing pretty well, but I'm just not willing to make that call. Uh, I'll take Kellen Mond in that debate. So, yeah, I, I think it is Kellen Mond. And um, that Aggie offense is playing really well. It looks a lot different than the rest of the SEC. Running a lot of 12 personnel. Uh, Anaya Smith and a guy like Devin Achain, Isaiah Spiller are all making noise kind of out of the backfield as pass catchers. And Jimbo Fisher's making it work, uh, despite having one of the worst wide receiver groups in the country. You said it, a lot of 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, and doing it without Baylor Cup, right? I mean, he was the tight end, actually, in the class that Weidermeyer was in, that everybody was talking about. I think Weidermeyer was, was, was considered to be a really nice prospect. But to do it with that sort of, and that's what, that's what he kind of likes, Jimbo. He likes the two tight ends. Um, but to do it without Cup, that, that is impressive. And I guess it also speaks to you know, how we've come to sort of convince ourselves that it just wasn't going to work with Kellen and Jimbo. And here they are with a, a finishing kick. And you say all that, and, and do you still have trust issues with A&M? You know, after that convincing win in Columbia last weekend, but knowing there's still a lot out there for this team? 
I mean, I, I mean, you certainly have to have some trust issues. We've seen A&M kind of fall off the wagon kind of at an unfortunate time, multiple times over the last decade, be it under Jimbo Fisher or Kevin Sumlin. Uh, but I, I think this year more than anything, you really have to give credit to Jimbo Fisher for his coaching job. Kellen Mond has quite obviously taken a step this year. He's continuously gotten better throughout his career. And given kind of some of the issues A&M had at receiver, what he's been able to do with their personnel and get getting really creative with it to get guys like Anaya Smith involved, Evan Achain involved, Isaiah Spiller as a pass catcher too. I think he's caught like six passes over the last three weeks. Like A&M's making it work, and they're doing it in a really different way than the rest of kind of the top-tier teams in the SEC. And I think that's a credit to both kind of Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher and the rest of that offense. And I think looking different from week to week can also help sometimes because you just have to prepare for A&M in a different way than you would some of the top tier SEC programs. And I I don't know if they're going to run the table. Uh, It's certainly going to get more interesting late in the year. They're probably going to end up playing on the 12th and the 19th. So they're going to have to play five games and kind of a sprint to end the season. But um, they're going to be favored in every game, but probably Auburn. And if it was at a neutral field, I'd certainly take Texas A&M over Auburn right now. So the Aggies are really, really compelling for sure. Yeah, if it stays intact, those weekends of the 28th and the 5th with Alabama-Auburn on the 28th and then A&M and Auburn on the 5th in terms of college football playoff hopes, Auburn may not still be in it at that point as far as the SEC West goes, but you talk about the Tigers having a real impact on the potential for the SEC to get two teams in the college football playoff, Gus Malzahn's team is going to be right in the middle of that. That's a great point, and I can already I can already imagine the contract extension Gus will get after upsetting both of those teams, <laughs> and then in a year from now they'll want to fire him again. It'll be great. Uh, but yeah, Auburn yeah. Auburn always seems to be in that position. They do. You're absolutely right. Just look at the Iron Bowl last year with Alabama going in there on Thanksgiving weekend. So um, I wanted to also ask you, Chris. I mean, uh, you know, when you look at this Alabama team and and how it kind of had performed over the first six games. And then you consider what Florida's done in the East most recently with a pretty impressive dismantling of the Georgia Bulldogs down in Jacksonville. I asked Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa news, this same question yesterday. Have we already seen enough though of Alabama and Florida from a divisional standpoint? Now if we didn't have divisions. It'd be really interesting because A&M would be right there with Florida and have the hammer on the Gators, but with the divisional setup, do we need to really see anything else before we get to a a championship game scenario for the league? I don't think so. I think you can shut it down now and feel confident that at least two of your three best teams are in the mix for that uh, championship. As you said, with A&M not being kind of in the mix because it's lost Alabama. I know people are probably going to bring up Auburn, but Auburn, I think they're what four and two in the conference, but probably should be two and four. Like I, I, do, I would not feel bad if the uh, Tigers did not get their opportunity. Um, they should have lost a couple games this year that they got away with. So from that perspective, yeah, I don't think anybody else in the West really has an argument. And Georgia right now, uh, given the way it lost to both Alabama and, uh, and Florida, doesn't really have an argument either. So, yeah, I think we know who the best two teams are uh, from the East and the West. All right, Chris, tell me why, and understanding he just signed an extension, up there at Liberty. Tell me why Hugh Freeze won't be the next head football coach at South Carolina. And I'm talking about for 2021. 
Oh, for 2021? I was about to say this year, it's it's money. Like, I think altogether to hire a new coaching staff and to fire Will Muschamp and to fire his assistants and pay those buyouts, it comes to around $30 million. And I don't, I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to do that this year unless Coach Boom totally falls off the wagon. Um, as for 2021, 48-3 at home, though, Chris. 48-3 at home last week, Chris. I still think he's got the support of a lot of the boosters out there. Like Will's a guy that he connects with people very easily. He's a popular guy in Columbia. I think this is kind of a unique year and that's going to be the excuse a lot of people out there make as for 2021. Like I can't give you a great reason. I don't know who the 80, well, they certainly have an 80 now. I don't think if they have to make a, I don't think if they have to make a coaching higher in football that Ray Tanner will kind of remain in that position. Um, so I, it's hard for me to tell. I think Hugh Freeze is going to be in the mix for a lot of jobs come 2021, potentially 2020. Uh, I still think Greg Sankey might have one or two things to say about Hugh Freeze's potential employment in the SEC. Um, there's a reason Hugh Freeze is not a coordinator in the SEC currently. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into Hugh Freeze and, Personally, like I, I'm not here for a Hugh Freeze redemption tour, but I understand why some people would want to hire him. Uh, it'll just be it'll be really interesting to follow because there's a lot of moving pieces with anything Hugh Freeze SEC related. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at that. If you represent Hugh, especially, and you run into that sort of wall with Greg Sankey and the SEC, if I represent Hugh Freeze, I'm going to point at at least one of your sitting basketball coaches in the SEC. Uh, having been served a three-year show cause in the past, and he's uh, he's a head basketball coach in your league. So, uh, and we know there was more to it with you at Ole Miss uh, <laughs> than just the show cause. So uh, there's some other things and some consideration there as well. Um, as we let you go here, Chris, um, give us one game. I know you do the picks every week with our guy Brad Crawford there at 247sports.com. Give us your highest confidence pick. Uh, among those this week, and uh, maybe uh, one that, if it also avoids, uh, involves uh, the point spread, that would be helpful too. You know, thinking about my picks this week, I really did like Washington State to cover um, uh-huh. against Oregon. That was one that I just feel Washington State has an excellent chance of kind of going through. As for my confidence, oh, I also liked Boston College against Notre Dame to cover. I felt pretty good there. I really Rusty think likes that one the too. Eagles, yeah. yeah, coming off a of bye week, Notre Dame coming off that double overtime game, uh, really emotionally high. There's potential to come down there. As for uh, straight up, I feel pretty confident about. Uh, honestly, like it was such a crazy slate. Florida is going to beat Arkansas. I like them to cover as well. Um, I think Arkansas has been a great story this year, but I, I feel pretty confident about uh, Florida rolling in that game, even coming out of that Georgia victory. Yeah, it's kind of been overlooked because of everything else, but Felipe Franks going back to Gainesville, that's pretty wild. You know, he'll have a chance Saturday to he, – he got a win in Starkville earlier in the year, so he, he's got career wins in Starkville with both Florida and Arkansas, and now he'll have a chance to go back to Gainesville and, and get a win over his former team. I guess that sums up quarterbacks in 2020 in college football about as about as good as anything, doesn't it? The movement. Oh, no doubt. And 
Like, I'll, I'll be, I really wish Georgia and Missouri were playing this weekend, but I, I would be so curious if Kirby threw JT Daniels out there uh, for some snaps uh, this week. He was already getting first team reps. And I know that's kind of, he's a transfer, but like, I, I can't imagine how Georgia fans are going to react if JT Daniels plays and plays well after him kind of sitting on the bench for the first six weeks of the season. That would have been fascinating. Yeah, I mean, how, how extensive can the playbook be with Stetson Bennett and Dewan Mathis? I mean, for crying out loud, it, it, it's not like it's you know uh, New England Patriot like with with Tom Brady in there. I wouldn't think you know give him seven or eight plays and and see what the guy can do. But uh, the Wolves are out when it comes to the quarterback position, no doubt about it. In Athens, as always, Chris, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend, and we appreciate the pep talk as well. Enjoy the Masters, my friend. Yeah, everybody enjoy the Masters, guys. Rough weekend in the SEC, but we got some great golf ahead. Absolutely. There he goes. Chris Hummer does an outstanding job as the national college football writer for 247sports.com. If you haven't already, give Chris a follow on Twitter, at Chris underscore Hummer, H-U-M-M-E-R. Back with more of a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I'm Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Chris Hummer, National College football writer for 247sports.com. Joining us in that previous segment. You know, it's not like we can get through 60 minutes of Varsity Sports Talk Radio here without something breaking. And now we're learning that uh, Alabama wide receiver Treshawn Holton, the freshman wide receiver, was in the company of LSU wide receiver Coy Moore last weekend when Moore, who you may have heard by now, was allegedly harassed by Baton Rouge Police Department officers. It's become a big story here in recent days. Uh, And now, according to reports, Treshawn Holden is also being represented by the same attorney that is representing Moore in the matter. Interesting. Interesting on multiple levels. First and foremost, the situation involving more directly. But Nick told the fellas to go home for the bye weekend, didn't he? I don't know. Maybe Treshawn's crazy Uncle Tommy, as Nick referred to Uncle Tommy. Everybody's got an Uncle Tommy. I had an Uncle Creighton. He used to tell me that wintergreen beech nut chewing tobacco was raisins and he'd get me to eat it when I was like five years old. That was my uncle Tommy, but Treshawn Holden apparently in the Baton Rouge area a little, a week early, you know, supposed to be this week, but, uh, we'll see how that works out. Interesting. And we'll continue to keep you updated on all that as needed here on tide 100.9 FM. And of course, right there at BamaOnline.com, where you can read the story right now. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line at 205-342-9904. Check in with our pal Steve 
on a Thursday morning. Steve, how you doing? Travis, it's been a while, brother. And It has and been a while. My, my life has just been empty. Well, you know, it's nice to have someone tell me that. There, there's been a void in my life that I just could not get over with, <laughs> get over. And I realized it's Travis. <laughs> it's just Travis. I've moved, That's a first, Steve. And That's I, a first. I, I've moved and I've got all my electronics put together and I'm trying to figure out what is missing from my life. And it's <laughs> Travis Ryer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Listen, I got to tell you, I'm my own Uncle Tommy. <clears throat> I got you know, uh, I, I got relatives, nephews, cousins, uh, <laughs> you know, aunts and all. I, I'm the uncle Tommy. They keep down in the basement and, and and holler out scores every now and then. You know, I've had some uncle Tommy moments myself as an uncle. I think there are plenty of relatives, maybe some nephews and nieces who have spent time in my presence that might say, you know what, Uncle Trav, <laughs> you are Uncle Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love it when everybody when we get together for holidays for holidays and 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 I and, and I say something nobody quite get and they all just kind of <laughs> stop talking and look around at one another like you know they were you know what they refer to that as what, the thanks that? the Thanksgiving filter you know they like to try to put on those uncles <laughs> you know when they all get together for the holidays the, like <laughs> they like to try to fit him with a Thanksgiving filter so. Well, I might just send a you know one of those uh, cut out car uh, cut out car, um, what am I trying to say? What they put in the stands? Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the cardboard cutouts. Yeah, yeah, the cardboard cutouts. Put you at the I head of the table that and see yeah. how that goes. <laughs> put you at the head of the table on the twenty sixth and a cardboard cutout. Listen, I got, you 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 asked a question and I was going to ask it too, but I can take it just a tad further. Uh, <clears throat> Is there really any reason to finish this season? I mean, it has uh, Florida and Alabama. I, I'm not. I'm not sure what good anybody else would do to it. I don't know what Florida's schedule is like from here on out. But yeah. other than the fact of just loving football, is there any, really any reason to <laughs> to continue? Well, you know what's interesting for Florida is there's no Florida State game this year, regardless, right? Yeah. So. It's not like for like with, say, Alabama, which if you did what we're talking about doing here, you'd lose the Iron Bowl. And when you're the SEC, and I'm with you, I don't need to see anything else from those two teams from a divisional standpoint. Right, right, um, right. But, but the brand of the SEC, as you know, is is tethered in a lot of ways to games like the Iron Bowl. Alabama, LSU, same thing. I mean, that's a primetime game just about every year yeah. on CBS. So, you know, there is that to consider. I'd say other than a couple of games that you would like to get played in terms of why you're able to attract the type of deals that you get from yeah. ESPN and CBS, those are yeah. the games. I mean, Alabama LSU and Alabama Auburn, you know, when CBS writes those checks and ESPN writes those checks – it's those kind of games that they have in mind, right? Sure, sure. The, the beef that I have is with the Big Ten. They will, they have not and will not play near as many games as the SEC or even ACC. How can they put Ohio State as high as they have when they've only played two games or one game, whatever, whatever they played? I don't understand where, how the committee can come up with anything – 
with the Big Ten rated in any way whatsoever. Now, look, Ohio State's a great team, clearly. Uh, and, and they will, because of the situation, because of how we are, will probably make a playoff. But I don't think that's fair because they don't play the game, the number of games that we play. And how can they judge it by that? Yeah, I mean, if we were going to go by what's fair, we'd be probably talking more about BYU and Cincinnati than we are Ohio State. But we know how this works. And we do know that Ohio State is a very good football team. Ohio State on a neutral field against BYU and Cincinnati would be probably a three-touchdown favorite. Uh, but as far as, you know, having to sort of earn it, yeah. well, you know, we have preseason polls where we just put teams in play that haven't done anything yet. But um, that's kind of the way it is with Ohio State. Although, you know, in terms of, of, of how good that team is, I think we know based on our eyes yeah. that yeah. Uh, they're, they're, a, they're a top four team. Do they play this weekend? Uh, they were supposed to play Maryland Wisconsin. until Leah Tonga Bailoa, but that's been uh, that's been canceled. And that's the problem for the Big Ten. You don't really hear the word postponement with the Big Ten because they don't have any room. They don't have any room to try to yeah, sort it no, out. No. You know, they they started late, so who what they, they get and the and the Pac twelve gets is cancellations right now. Who who is Ohio State playing? They were gonna play Maryland this weekend. Maryland, yeah. You know, and so Leah has been red hot. That would have been at least interesting to watch. I think Ohio State wins that game comfortably. Yeah. But uh, you'd like to see that. You'd like to see Talia yeah. uh, go against that Ohio State defense. Is he the starting quarterback? He's absolutely the starting quarterback. He's thrown for nearly 700 yards in his last two starts. They've won them both. Wow. And uh, six touchdown passes, and he's run the ball extremely effectively as well. Yeah, I, you know, I would have bet good money. He would, he would have gone south, you know, South Florida, uh, yeah, FIU, FAU, whatever, whatever. And this was mm-hmm. you want to talk talk about. I would have bet good money. He would have been in South Florida somewhere. But to go to Maryland, you know, he's got likely. <clears throat> I assume perfect he's fit. Coach. Yeah, offensively, it's perfect. A lot of RPO stuff, and yeah, you know, can get get uh talia moving around some too and he's been really good the last couple of games hey steve we got to get this break but All man right, don't uh don't time, go, go, go without us for so long you know <laughs> i uh, i'm 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 settled in and i've got you on speed dial so no worry all right thank you steve thank you travis we always appreciate the call there he goes our great friend steve checking in said he'd been missing us kind of like peaches and herb reunited and it feels so good. We're going to head to a break on that uh, auspicious note. And when we come back, we'll put a wrap on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Humidity values noticeably lower today, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 76. Clear and cool tonight below 49. And for tomorrow and Saturday, we stay dry with a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs ranging from 72 to 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Celebrating a couple of born-on days today, 
That guy right there, Neil Young, born on this day, November the 12th. Booker T. Jones earlier. Booker T. and the MGs, of course. Little green onions we had for you there. Near the bottom of the hour, also uh, the birthday of the late great maternal grandfather, Mr. Jimmy Dumas. Would have turned 92 today, the former Walker County native, Jimmy Dumas. We send out a salute to Paul Paul on this November the 12th. Three takes to take you home. Uh, look, you know what we've got coming up. November the 20th is the last day on the University of Alabama campus for in-person instruction. You go totally remote on November the 20th. That was established a while back. So once you get to November the 20th, no students on campus until after the uh, Christmas break into January. Maybe that'll be a good thing in terms of bubble purposes for not only Alabama football, but Alabama men's and women's basketball, maybe some other sports as well. Why the Hugh Freeze extension at Liberty really matters. We talked with Chris Hummer, 247sports.com about that earlier in the program. I think it's a great thing for Liberty because you go ahead and get the extension done, you redo the contract, and you get that buyout up there for Hugh Freeze because you're anticipating at this point someone's coming to get Hugh Freeze here in the very near future. And with that, they're going to have to write you a bigger check to get him out of there. Also, Dolphins going to wear those throwbacks on Sunday with Tua against the Los Angeles Chargers. Shouldn't the Dolphins and the Chargers just wear throwbacks all the time? I'm not Jersey guy. Never been Jersey guy for grown men. Just don't think it's you know the way to go. That's personal opinion. But I'm willing to make an exception for those two jerseys. You know, if you're Jersey guy and you've got a throwback Dolphins and a throwback Chargers, we'll let those slide. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll semi-approve those at least. Uh, certainly in comparison to a lot of the truck stop gear you're seeing out there. They like those multiple, multiple merchandise revenue streams, though, in the National Football League. That's why they do you like this. With all these different jerseys and all these different uniforms. That's going to do it for a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks again to Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 247sports.com. Does an outstanding job for us there on the network. Thanks to Jacob Harrison as well for producing the show, The Lunch Whistle, on this Thursday. We're going to talk about Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. It's hard for me to think about a football weekend and not think about Heat Pizza Bar, not only because the pizza and the bar service and everything that goes with the experience at Heat Pizza Bar is so first class, it's because when it comes to television management, they absolutely get it at Heat Pizza Bar. You're not going to walk into Heat Pizza Bar tonight and there be MSNBC on four screens, Nickelodeon on two, and then, oh, hey, there's the Colts and the Titans in the far left corner down there. No, they're going to have Colts-Titans tonight for you. They're going to have college football throughout the weekend. Some Masters will be in that mix, I'm sure, as well. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Until 11 a.m. on Friday. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.